Good morning, church family. Uh, Pastor Ryan here this morning. Uh, we are actually pre-recording our service today. Uh, you should be seeing it around 11 o'clock unless we had technical issues, but uh, we're trying to do a couple of things by pre-recording it earlier on Sunday morning and then uh, posting it live on the internet at 11. Uh, we've had some folks that have had issues with sound or with the streaming quality as it's going live. Uh, and so we're hoping to resolve that, but also we have an awesome team. There's usually, uh, you know, around, just right, right around 10 uh, individuals that are up here on a Sunday morning helping us do all the production uh, for our virtual worship service. And if we can get, do this recorded early, uh, the hope is, is that we can get this uh, posted up and ready to go at 11, then our, our, our team can go and worship with their families at home and join in with the Life Connection Group. So bear with us. We might even have it on a YouTube channel in the future, but uh, this morning it will be on Facebook you're, as you're on Facebook now. Uh, but I want to give you a couple of quick announcements, uh, and then we will go ahead and begin uh, our service this morning. I am really looking forward and praying about this coming Friday. On April 27th, uh, Governor Abbott is going to make an announcement I think it's 27th. I might be wrong. It might be the 26th. But this coming Friday, Governor Abbott is going to make uh, some announcements about ways to open up the economy in the state of Texas, and that is going to translate into how we can maybe begin to gather again uh, here in Mason County. I spoke with Judge Bearden, and he's looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, ju the judge told me they had not made any permanent plans about certain events in our community, such as uh, the Roundup. And so we have two significant events uh, that we typically do uh, at First Baptist Church Mason. We call them harvest events, things that we do to provide ministry, but also to gather people in, sharing the gospel and telling folks about our, our, our church and wanting to grow our family. Uh, Vacation Bible School is a significant one. Right now, we're still holding on to seeing what we might be able to do. Uh, as far as being able to do VBS, obviously we will probably not be doing that the first week of June, but uh, we might be prepared to do it later on in the summer. We'll see. Uh, and then the, the last major event is when we typically do our Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, but this year we are planning on doing uh, our uh, camp out and revival at Lake Buchanan uh, the last weekend of July, and we're still counting on that. Uh, but we will make those decisions very soon, and I will let you know. Hopefully, also, we'll be able to gather in a parking lot worship service again uh, in May. So be praying about that and be looking forward to hearing about those times we can gather together again. Uh, the other things I want to tell you about very quickly is, uh, you know, we got done with, with, uh, with you know, watching the, the uh, Good Friday movie, The Passion of the Christ. We got done with our Easter parking lot service, and I was sitting in my office Monday morning just praying about what are we supposed to do next. Um, because we're, we're used to being very active and, and getting after uh, ministry here. And I was looking at our finances, had been visited with our, tre with our treasurer, and we made the decision with our finance committee and our treasurer that we are doing well enough financially, and thank you for your faithfulness, that we were going to go ahead and get back on our renovations. And so my hope is, is that we can be done with renovating our children's wing within about two weeks or so. So be praying about that, and you'll be seeing some activity. I'm going to be putting the call out for some volunteers. I need some help uh, painting the nursery. Uh, we're almost done with repairs there. So if you're interested 
email me, ryan at fbmason.org, or send us a message uh, on Facebook or otherwise. So uh, that's coming up. Also, uh, Life Connection Groups, as always, are happening with our adults this morning. They happened at 10. Uh, our students are meeting uh, at uh, 8.30 on Wednesday evening with our crew. Any, any uh, junior high, high school students are invited to be a part of that. We post that information on Facebook on how to get to that. Uh, but we've seen so many new people uh, in, the, in the Mason community, but also some of you are watching that don't live anywhere near Mason that are tuning in consistently uh, to our worship service. And I just want you to know, um, we have a mission here, and we have, we're very intentional about what we do here as a church. We want to reach out and grow God's kingdom, not our kingdom, not the First Baptist Church of Mason kingdom, but the kingdom of God. And it's very important to me as we get past this season of having to be virtual that we gather together again uh, for our, our ministries and to draw people into learning to walk to follow Christ. Uh, and so what I'm going to do, uh, it won't be ready for another week or two, uh, but I'm going to just have some videos that will be pre-recorded and then we'll have, after the video, we will have a, a Zoom meeting. Uh, just learning about the faith and about the First Baptist Church of Mason. Uh, you know, this, this might be an introduction for you if you're interested in joining our church, or maybe it's just going to be an introduction to you um, about what it means to follow Christ and to learn about the Word of God in, in a real simple format, kind of concise. Uh, but we hope to connect you uh, with, with the body. You know, uh, Christianity is not about self-help. Christianity is not about uh, just a weekend, uh, a quick pep talk once a week to kind of get you back in the groove of things. Uh, we gather together to worship as an opportunity uh, to, to, to come together and to dive into God's word corporately, pray corporately, worship corporately, so it overflows out uh, to us uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, in fact, the, the truth is about um, you know what, what it is, Jesus uh, tells us specifically in his gospels that he... Is, is the fountain of life. And if we partake from him, he will spring up in us and he will overflow and we want other people to know about King Jesus. And so that's why we worship. That's why we do what we do here. So uh, that'll be coming very quickly. I, I invite you to be a part of that. The last thing uh, that I'm going to do this morning, um, that we've kind of lost some of the tradition here, but I'm fixing to tithe this morning. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, a lot, I'm like a lot of uh, folks. Our family received a stimulus check from the government. And so uh, I just now put in my, there's a phone number that I have saved in my phone. You've seen these instructions. I don't, I don't uh, actually, I guess I'll tell you what it is right now. Let's see. I saved them to my phone. Um, let's see, FBC Mason. Let's see, FBC Mason Tithe. If you will text the number 325 221 Four four six zero. There it is. Thank you, Dave. If you'll if you'll tithe, if you'll if you'll text a message to that phone number, give. You'll get some instructions on how you can give to the church uh, just through text messaging, or you can use other avenues. You can go to our website, fbmason.org. But I've saved it in my phone, so now all I have to do is put in a number, ten uh, percent of what the government just gave me, uh, and uh, we're going to stimulate the church. Uh, from that stimulus. And there it is. I just tithed. So uh, you continue to be faithful. You have been. Uh, we're seeing an overflow in our church. Uh, it's because of the God that we 
worship and we follow. That's why we have an overflow. I'm going to pray and then we will continue in worship. Father, we give you thanks, Father, for the day, God. Lord, there is uncertain times ahead of us, Father. Um, Lord, I, I know we have many brothers and sisters, Father, that are watching right now. Lord, we have brothers that are, Lord, participating and helping produce this, Father, that, uh, Lord, have, are without jobs right now. God, there's uncertainty. But, Father, we are gathered here, Father, because of the certainty of a relationship we can have with the supplier, Lord, with the author, with the creator of all of creation, God. And so, Lord, we live in comfort and confidence. Lord, maybe not physical comfort. Father, maybe not confidence as to exactly what will happen tomorrow. But, God, we trust you because of your power and your love and your sacrifice. Help us to be more and more familiar with you, God. We want to grow in this unique relationship you've given us. Thank you. Lead us now, King Jesus, we pray in your powerful name. Amen. So wherever you're gathered this morning, uh, maybe you can stand up where you're at and uh, let's, let's sing together. Let's praise Jesus together.
Father, we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, God, Lord, Lord, the extravagance and the extreme nature of your love for us, Father. And I pray, uh, Lord God, that, Lord, we, we all, Lord, either have a relationship with you and are pursuing you, or we don't, Father. Lord God, we're marked either by being in your presence or, Father, by being away from you. Father, I, I don't believe, Father, Lord, there is a, a good place, Father, to be in, the, in between of those two ideals. And I just pray, Father, that we would, Father, mirror, Lord, the, the passion, uh, Lord, that you have for us. Lord, God, the creativity, Lord, the energy, Father, Lord, that you have towards us, God. Lord, we would pursue you and pursue others with your message in the same manner, Father. Thank you, Lord, for doing that work in us. We love you. And Lord, be with us as we look to your word now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. All right. Well, go ahead and, and uh, I, I emailed out the sermon guide earlier this morning, uh, and you can uh, get it open now. We will be in Genesis chapter 17. Uh, we are returning back to the series that we were doing before all of this mess started. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm wanting to get back in routines, not necessarily to get us comfortable and set in this, but you know what? Guys, as, as I've been preaching and talking about since all this began, uh, there's nothing wrong with a routine in following Christ, though the circumstances around us change. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the circumstances in this world is turbulent, it's broken, it's disrupted. It will continue to be disrupted until King Jesus comes back literally to this earth and he completely restores all things. Because that's what God does. God is in the business of changing and restoring that which is broken and that which is lost. He, re- he reclaims it. But we who have been saved, who have been called back to him, we continue to follow him no matter what the storm is going on because Christ has calmed that storm in us, especially as we pursue his peace. Remember what I said peace is. Peace is allowing God to have his way in our lives without us resisting him. So we are do that in obedience. And so, uh, anyways, I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to where we were in our study here. Uh, and we will be in Genesis chapter 17. For those of you that maybe you've, you've actually started watching and worshiping with us virtually since um, we, this, this, uh, this new situation, this new environment came upon us, uh, we started a series through the book of Genesis, primarily from chapter 12 through chapter 50 through the patriarchs. We're talking primarily about Abraham and his descendants. We did some overview uh, of the early parts of Genesis. We talked about the historicity uh, and why we can, uh, we can rely upon um, God's word, uh, even from some of this uh, ancient history, even as, especially before Abraham. Some of this, the, these stories are very old, but uh, they're very accurate. Uh, in fact, you can go back uh, and look back on Facebook at, at old posts, and you can actually get some of the audio of some of those messages if you want to use that as a devotion throughout the week. Uh, but, 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 but get caught up if you want. But we're going we're gonna to be in uh, Genesis chapter 17 this morning. You might remember about a month ago, uh, Pastor John preached a message out of uh, Genesis chapter 16 as we hear the story. But basically, the, the whole narrative we're looking at is in the life of this man named Abram, who God called away from a foreign land uh, to another foreign land. He called him out of, out of his hometown to take him somewhere else and to establish an identity for God himself on the earth and a particular people on the earth, God's people, chosen people on the earth. Uh, and Abram responded to that, and we see him walking in faith, and we see high points, and we see low points in his, in his faith and in his life. Uh, and he's, a lot of times he's doing the best that he can with what he has been brought up with. Some of the things we read in Genesis sound very strange uh, to us uh, in our context here in the 21st century. But it's okay. We, we, we need to look at the context, but, but what is the message God is bringing to us? Because without Abram, without Abraham, uh, we would not be here today, okay? Uh, God used this particular man to uh, walk faithfully and to, and to bless him, uh, to, to provide a family that would eventually grow into the nation of Israel, that eventually would bring us Christ. 
Uh, and we are counted in the fulfillment of the promises God made to Abraham. He made, a, he made an agreement. He said that he was going to bless him uh, and all the generations of the earth through him. Well, th- that's us. And we're still about in the working and fulfilling that covenant as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so join us now as we come to Genesis chapter 17. Uh, G- chapter 16 was, uh, was about Hagar and Ishmael, uh, an Egyptian slave that was in uh, Abram's house. And God had told Abram that he was going to have a, a child, that was going to be the child of promise. But in his old age, he hadn't had a baby yet. And so uh, his wife, Sarah, gave him uh, his, her handmaiden, Hagar. That sounds weird. But in the ancient Near East, particularly Ur in the area that, where the Chaldeans, were, where Abram came from, that was actually a common practice. Uh, but uh, so he, you know, he, he had a, a child, Ishmael, with Hagar. And then Sarah didn't, it, over time, she, that wasn't a good situation for her as it wouldn't be with any of us either. And she kind of got upset and wanted them to be pushed out. God preserved Hagar and Ishmael. And, and though they were put out, they were brought back into the family. And that's kind of where we catch up here in chapter 17. It's several years after that uh, and uh, from the time that Ishmael was a baby. He's older now. But come along and follow along with me in your own copy of God's Word in Genesis chapter 17. I'm going to read the entire chapter. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will set my covenant up between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell face down, and God spoke with him. As for me, here is my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful and and, and will make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It is a permanent covenant to be between your your God and, and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and your future offspring, I will give the land where you are residing, all the land of Canaan, as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, as for you, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations are to be kept or to keep my covenant. This is my covenant between me and you and your offspring that you, which you are to keep, every one of your males must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you is to be circumcised at eight days old. Every male born in your household or purchased from any foreigner and not your, uh, and not your offspring, whether born in your household or purchased, you must, he must be circumcised. My covenant will be marked in your flesh as a permanent covenant. If any male is not circumcised in the flesh of, their, of his foreskin, that male will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, do not call her Sarai, for Sarah will be her name. I will bless her. Indeed, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she will produce nations, kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. Then he laughed and said to himself, can a child be born to a hundred-year-old man? Can Sarah, a 90-year-old woman, give birth? So Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael were acceptable to you. 
God said, no, your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will name him Isaac. I will confirm my covenant with him as a permanent covenant for his future offspring. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will certainly bless him. I will make him fruitful and will multiply him greatly. He will father 12 tribal leaders, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will confirm my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at, the, at this time next year. When he finished talking with God, God withdrew from Abraham. So Abraham took his son Ishmael and those born in his household or purchased every male among the members of Abraham's household. And he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on that very day. Just as God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. So that same day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his household, whether born in his household or purchased from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Now, there is the text. Uh, I I know maybe for some, you're thinking, how does that apply to me today. It talked about being circumcised over and over and over there. I I want you to be be very careful as you look in this text and as you read scripture, you got to make sure and read it in the proper context. We're actually going to spend two weeks on chapter 17. I'm going to talk about this issue of being marked um, next week too, but I want you to get the big picture of what this text is really about here. Uh, the idea, especially if you go all the way back up to, to the first part of the chapter, look at chapter um, at verse 1, okay? He says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him saying, I am God Almighty, live in my presence and be blameless. That's how it started off, okay? There, you get the understanding. I mean, there's, this isn't the first time that God has physically spoken to Abram. We don't know exactly how it happened. We don't know if other people could hear it. We're all those, there's other times in the future we'll see where God would, would bring an angel um, to, to, to speak to Abram and other people would hear God actually speaking to him. We don't know the exact setting, but we know that God spoke to him here. But this is how it started. I am God Almighty, live in my presence and be blameless. And then he goes and he defines what the, this greater fulfillment is going to actually look like. And, and we see here that Abram, this man, has been following God for at least 24 years up to this period of time. And, um, you know, God has been telling him what he's going to do. But it's just now beginning to actually happen whenever he's 99 years old. Uh, and, and so, I mean, we have to be patient as the God works, as God works in us. He's got a long game in mind. But Abram is faithful here. And as we want to understand and explore all of this text, I, I just want to start off by really trying to, uh, you know, as I like to say, put the cookies in the bottom shelf. Um, we literally see here in this chapter, it's taken a long time for this to really happen. God made these promises and it's a, there's a progressive nature in Abram's faith to the point that God literally changes his identity, literally changes his name and his wife's name. He's got a great plan. See, that's, that's, the, that's the job that God does. All this change and all this action uh, is a result of God's presence in his life. But here's something else really neat. As I was pointing back to verse 1 a while ago, Look at how this is worded in, in verse 1. 
I am Lord God Almighty. But then look right there. Live in my presence and be blameless. God is telling Abram here, if you want to continue to see this change and this transformation in your life, to become the, the, the people of God, my people on this earth for my own possession and my own purpose, this is what you're going to have to do. And a lot of the New Old Testament that we're going to look at early, later on is about the story of how his people did that and how his family did that. But he, he specifies, he says this, he says to live in my presence and be blameless. Now, it's really important how this is worded here, okay? It does not say, be blameless and live in my presence. It doesn't say that. In the way that it is constructed in the original language, you can't, you can't reverse what that says. He's telling Abram here, if you want to be my people, you've got to live in my presence. And in doing that, you will be blameless. Now, that sounds very familiar to the gospel, Guys, there's no way that we can live a blameless life on our own. We have to have a relationship with Christ here. And so if you don't get anything else out of this sermon this morning, understand God's got a tremendous plan for your life. But that, that plan will be unrealized if you don't live in his presence and if you don't pursue him and follow him. And he will begin to make you into the man that he wants you to be. Abram did not start out as Abraham, okay? Ryan did not start out as a pastor, okay? Uh, And I'm still not the pastor that I pray that I'm going to be in 20 years from now or the husband. But I want to pursue God. And I want to grow in my faith and grow into this nature he's given me. There's an immediate fulfillment in Christ to make ourselves right with God, but then he does this progressive work to accomplish himself, his work in us. So follow along in this text as we see how God does that here. Now, uh, like I said, I'm going to get into this over uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, but I want us to note a couple of important things about this. And and we're not going to dive into the weeds here today about the circumcision. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But the main thing of this text, it starts out with this understanding about living in God's presence and being blameless. But we see um, a, a couple of things about this relationship. Like I said earlier, God is in the business. This is what God does. God creates we can't create. We can make things, use things God has created to make things, but we cannot create something out of nothing, okay? God is the one that creates, but also this, God is the only one that can really change. He's the only one that can really restore. You have a broken relationship. Do you have problems in your character that are, that, that are, that are causing you great strife and strumble? Uh, strumble, <laughs> trouble. Uh, do, I mean, do, do you just catch yourself living in drama or other people's dramas all the time, but when you're not involved in drama, you feel cold and empty and you feel like you're not fulfilled? There, there, there are some issues that need to be corrected, and, and we see that that correction happens only in this relationship with God because he is the one that restores. He is the one that changes. And we see a couple of things here in this relationship that God has with Abram uh, that, that, that I think we should look at as well. First off, uh, we see 
in verse 3 and verse 17, whenever God spoke to Abram, um, he immediately, he said, he fell on his face before him. See, Abraham, or Abram, before his name's changed, he has met God before. He's had these encounters before. Abram spent enough time in God's presence that he knew when God was speaking. There's sometimes, there's some folks that would not really be able to recognize God. God, the creator God, the God of the scriptures, because they don't spend enough time in his presence. Guys, Abram was familiar with God. We don't know exactly how that relationship started all the way back in Ur, but we know that he was familiar with him. And, and it's so important. I mean, whenever he, he, he saw God show up and spoke to him, and he fell on his face, it says in verse 3. It mentions it again in verse 17 because he's familiar with him. But the other thing that's important to see from this text is that he spent enough time in, in, in his presence to know how powerful and how awe-inspiring God is. And he knew that he had to be submissive to God. Now, I want to just first talk about this, this issue of familiarity just a bit. I said that Abram spent enough time in God's presence to know when God was speaking. Are you familiar with God? Are you familiar with him whenever he speaks to you? And, and, and you might be saying, no, I'm really not. How do you do that? I mean, that sounds like, a, like an abstract idea. Well, guys, it's really simple, Okay. There, 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 there's three primary ways that I'll just point out right now. If you want to become familiar with God's voice so you can hear when he's speaking, you have to learn to pray. Pray consistently. It doesn't mean you have to be, use big King James, Old English words. Just talk to him like you would talk to a normal person. I Maybe hold out using any of the curse words if, you're, if, you, if you do that often. But just talk to God, but Pray. If you pray, uh, if you spend time in his word, get a Bible, a translation of the Bible that's easy to read. We use the, the CSB or the Christian Standard Bible, but pray. But then also fellowship with other Christians. Guys, I am convinced you cannot become familiar with God if you try to live your life on your own. We were created for community. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But I'm really concerned about that. As we get used to a new normal of this virtual gathering, guys, this is going to be over soon. This is going to pass. I don't know what soon is, but it's imperative that we do not stop gathering together in relationship to follow the king. If, you, if you're not praying, if you're not in his word, if you're not fellowshipping, spending time with the believers, living out your life and this faith together, you're not going to know when God's speaking to you. But Abram has done that consistently enough, and he can recognize when God is speaking. Another thing that's important to see, whenever God spoke up and told him, live in my presence and be blameless, uh, it says all the way down, down in verse 23, he told him how to do it about this covenant. Abram been praying about it, thinking about it, and then he begins to say, I'm going to change your name, a new identity in the land, your wife as well, and then you're going to have to do these things, the circumcision. It says he obeyed God that very day. This relationship is submissive and it's familiar. It's submissive and it's familiar. Guys, whenever God is speaking to us and he convicts us in our, in our soul about sin, guys, we should not let anything else get in the way of getting right with God. It is illogical to try to butt your head up against God, though many of us try. 
I have tried. You will fail every single time. Remember what I said, you know, what, what, what um, true peace is? Allowing God to have his way without your resistance. Whenever God has convicted us of sin, I don't, it's not all simple. I know sometimes we live in broken relationships uh, and it's hard to figure out how to fix it. But I want you to know, if you're struggling in sin, you need to pursue help. Be transparent. Ask God for help. Ask for others to help. But, 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 but submit to him. And the other thing, too, uh, that I was just convicted about this week is this understanding of when God is calling us to do something. We see God called Abram to leave his, his family, to leave the familiar settings. God was calling him to something unique and special here. And he did not hold on to these earthly temporary things. I've heard people say, um, you know, because they love living in Mason, Texas, not just Mason. I've heard this um, almost every place that I've been. Uh, that, you know, there's no way I'm going to live, leave this community. Th- this is where I'm always going to be. Guys, whenever G- God might be calling some of us to the mission field. God might be calling some of us to change vocations, to do something great for him. Maybe it's not changing to a, a church vocation or a ministry vocation, but I want, you to, I want you to be so committed in this relationship, to be so familiar with hearing God's voice and so submissive to him that there's not friendships or a job or a hometown or a hobby that will keep you hobbled up from pursuing whatever God's calling you to do. You need to be in a position that you're going to pursue him no matter what. And and we see that in Abram's life. The last thing as I talk about it was a familiar relationship as well. Uh, We also see a familiar relationship is an intimate relationship. Uh, I think it's pretty neat that we see the two times whenever Abram heard God's voice, he fell face down before him. But the second time that happened, it says in the text, and God said, you're going to have another child, and, and Sarah's going to have a child. And he laughs. He's you know, laying down. If I, my knees weren't so bad, I would do it right now. He was laying down, you know, on the ground before God prostrate, you know, like sub, ultimate submission, you know. I'm thinking scared submission. And then he laughs. He said, are you sure it's not Ishmael? Uh, now, some people might see that as irreverent. I don't see that as irreverence, Okay. Abram had a good balance in this relationship. He was submissive. He, he loved him. He, 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 was, he lived in fear of him, holy, righteous fear. But, but he also uh, was familiar enough with him that, that he laughed. He, 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 he kind of says, come on, are you sure? You know? And, and, and God said, yes. God didn't chastise him. You, God has a sense of humor, guys. We don't need to live with this mindset that God is far away, just looking up, just waiting to watch us mess up so he can bring fire, hell, and brimstone on us. If you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have to wait for, you know, look for that. It's going to happen. But if you have a relationship with God and through Christ, you don't have to worry about that because that's what the gospel's about. God coming near to us, to know us, to have a relationship with us. And, you know, you, you, you can laugh with God. You, you can have a regular conversation with God. 
Uh, you can see his creativity. He's got a sense of humor. You don't think he's got a sense of humor? Just a couple. I won't quote the scripture. There's two, just two quick stories uh, that I want to share with you real quickly. Uh, and the fact that uh, I think it's in the book, it's in, I think it's 2 Kings, whenever we have Elijah, who's going to go and do battle against the priests of Baal. Some of you know this on the top of Mount Carmel. They're going to prove who's the real God, who's the most powerful God. And, you know, those, those priests of Baal, they made an altar and they put all this dry wood and this meat on top of it and he's saying let's call fire down okay and they're dancing around singing they're starting to cut themselves doing weird stuff and Elijah's kicking back saying what's up maybe your God's going to the bathroom that's literally what he says maybe he's just delayed because he's going to the bathroom of course we know that Elijah said all right my turn dump a bunch of water all over that offering and he called fire down from heaven and God brought it but that's funny that's funny not for the priest of Baal, but it was funny. It's in Scripture. How about when, on the Sermon on the Mount? Whenever, whenever um, Jesus says, don't point out the speck in someone else's eye when you have a plank sticking out of your eye. I mean, that's funny. I mean, it's truth, but it's funny. He's got a sense of humor, and sometimes we need to lighten up and know that a relationship with God is not all about being ultra serious all the time. It's about having a real relationship and growing in it. So it's, it's familiar and it's submissive. The last point that I want to make, and then, and then I'll be done this morning, um, and, and we're going to dive more into it next week. But as we see in this text, as he says, tells, I'm Lord God Almighty, live in my presence and be blameless. And then he begins to go through what this relationship would look like in the covenant. Um, it's important to understand, too, especially when we're talking about the circumcision, is that God expects us. Now, I, 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 you, if I'm wrong, I'm, I want you to point, me, point it out to me where I'm wrong in this. But I believe that God expects us to find community in our relationship with him. He expects us to find community in our relationship with him. It says here in the text that he called for Abram, Abraham now, and all of his male children and all the people in his household, including the foreigners that came into it. I want to, we see this too. We'll see this later on. There's a universality, even in the Old Testament, to God wanting to bring people into the covenant. But, but he says all of them are to be circumcised. Basically, they're to be marked, okay? They're to be marked for his own purpose, for his own possession. And, and we see a lot in that as, as we practice here at our church, believers' baptism. And I'm going to get into that next week as to what that means. But here's what you got to know. In this relationship, to live in God's presence, to be blameless, you have to live in community with each other. God is calling us here to be identified by him together for his purpose in the land. There's no way around it. We see the same practice in the New Testament. Now, Thank goodness we don't have, we're not required in the Old Covenant to practice this uh, religious circumcision. Uh, That has all changed, but God still expects us to live together and to be marked by his presence. That we know now, uh, a primary way that we're marked by his presence is, is, is the Holy Spirit residing in us. Oh, Jesus talks about that, and we'll get into it next week. But see, 
Whenever we live in community, whenever we are in this familiar and submissive relationship and we find ourselves living together the way he's called us to, see, that's when we get to that change and that restoration I was talking about earlier. When God is in the business of restoring and changing the things that that need changing and work, it's not just a sociological work that happens when we come together and have group therapy. It's not what it's talking about, but it's his, his Holy Spirit calling us together, identifying together, and then he moves in his spirit through us together. And we do enjoy our lives, but it's, we're diverse. We're different. We like to cut up and have fun. By the way, I've been forgetting to clarify this for about two weeks. I want everyone to know, I made a joke. I like to j- make funny sometimes. At least I think it's funny. It's not always funny. I want everyone to know that Pastor John does tithe okay he does tithe I don't know how much I don't look at that but I said he didn't tithe the other day he does tithe guys we're, we're, we're different but whenever but, but, but we gather here we do life together here um, because of what God has done in us and he's changed us he's marked us we cannot be the same do you have that type of relationship to wrap it up guys when this crisis is over we must make sure that we continue or even begin to live lives marked for the king. We must live in his presence. Remember, daily prayer, getting into his word, fellowship together. We must live blamelessly. He was, Abram was, immediately was obedient when he's convicted or called. And we live in community with God and his people. Guys, we cannot be isolated. The social isolation That that hogwash is going to have to end, but we can be spiritually united no matter what happens if we're having to be divided by what's happening in this world. God has called us to something greater. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm so grateful, Father, for the amazing work that you have done. Father, um, as I've seen you, Lord, work in me, change me, restore me, bring me to where I am today. Father, as I've seen you work, and other individuals, God, and how you do that in a creative way all the time. But, Lord, how you've, you've, you've restored and changed, Lord, this church. Father, I pray, I pray, God, that you will continue to do that, please. Lord, there's so many, that, Lord, that are desperate, Lord, for something more. God, we know that the only thing that is more that will be lasting and permanent is a relationship with you, King Jesus. For those that are here today, Father, that are without that relationship, I pray, God, as they are sitting there now watching this live stream, God, they would cry out to you. Lord, ask for forgiveness and ask for your change. But, Father, I just pray, God, you would help better equip us that are already been marked by you, Father. Lord, to be uh, familiar as we worship you consistently and follow you. God, help us to be submissive. Help us to live a marked life, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.
His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children. May His presence go before you and behind you and beside you and around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. Okay, we're complete. Thank you.